Hi, and welcome to Latter-day Saint Discourse. Many years ago, the greatest sermon of all time was given. It was also set in a time of great turmoil and confusion. There was political unrest, oppression, persecution, racism, and brutality. Does it sound familiar at all? Can you guess by these details alone what time frame I am speaking of? Also during this time, many believers in Almighty God were seeking retribution on those who were oppressing them. Many were waiting for a powerful military leader to come in the name of the Lord and tip the scale back in their favor. Enter our Savior Jesus Christ. Those with ears to hear and eyes to see were drawn to him, what he taught, and the works he performed. While those who were blinded by pride would mock, scorn, and lie about Jesus and his upbringing. Some said he did the works of the devil. Others said he blasphemed the name of God. After some time in his earthly ministry, Jesus, while in Galilee, treks up a nearby mountain. His disciples follow him, and there the Savior outlines the greatest sermon of all time, also known as the Sermon on the Mount. When I think of the word blessed, I think of being made holy, consecrated, being set apart from the world. Jesus starts his sermon by saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, or in other words, those with a broken heart and contrite spirit. Blessed are those that mourn, the meek, those who hunger after righteousness, the merciful, the peacemaker. In such a perilous time that the people were living in, Christ is not rallying the troops to war against their adversaries. He teaches them about how they can arm themselves against the adversary. He brings forth the law of the gospel. Jesus shares that he has not come to destroy the law of Moses, but to fulfill it. He commissions to be a light to a darkened world, to love your enemies, bless those who curse you, and do good to those who hate you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Our Savior then says, quote, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Close quote. Is that commandment possible in this life? The prophet Nephi states in 1 Nephi chapter 3, verse 7, 
that, quote, I know that the Lord giveth no commandments unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them that they may accomplish the thing which he commandeth them, close quote. So I think the answer is, yes, we can. But let's look at some context. Elder James E. Talmadge said, quote, Our Lord's admonition to men to become perfect, even as the Father is perfect, cannot rationally be construed otherwise than as implying the possibility of such achievement. Plainly, however, man cannot become perfect in mortality in the sense in which God is perfect as a supremely glorified being. It is possible, though, for man to be perfect in his sphere in a sense analogous to that in which superior intelligences are perfect in their several spheres. Yet, the relative perfection of the lower is infinitely inferior to that of the higher. Close quote. A careful reading of the scriptures and commentary on the subject demonstrates that three individuals are referred to as perfect in Holy Writ. Seth, in Doctrine and Covenants, section 107, verse 43, Noah, in Genesis, chapter 6, verse 9, and Job, in Job, chapter 1, verse 1. To be perfect in this scriptural sense means to be complete, finished, or fully developed. Seth, Noah, Job, and probably scores of other prophets had become perfect in the scriptural sense. They had learned to serve God with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. They had submitted their wills to the will of the Father. This was the Savior's prayer for the twelve apostles in John chapter 17, that they may be one even as we are one, I in them, and thou in me, that they may be perfect in one. However, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but in Christ the sinner is perfected, the debt is paid, and the dirty are made clean. This can occur prior to the resurrection. For Joseph Smith spoke of certain angels who are the spirits of just men made perfect, they who are not resurrected, but inherit the same glory. From Doctrine and Covenants, section 129, verse 3. Our goal is to strive to perfect ourselves, carefully aligning our thoughts and desires with God's, that we may be made perfect in Christ and inherit the same glory. Bruce R. McConkie wrote that, quote, finite perfection may be gained by the righteous saints in this life. It consists 
in living a God-fearing life of devotion to the truth of walking in complete submission to the will of the Lord and of putting first in one's life the things of the kingdom of God. Infinite perfection is reserved for those who overcome all things and inherit the fullness of the Father in the mansions hereafter. It consists in gaining eternal life, the kind of life which God has in the highest heaven within the celestial kingdom. Jesus continues his sermon, teaching about humility, prayer, fasting, putting our full trust in the Father, how to discern between false and true prophets and righteous judgment. He concludes the Sermon on the Mount by comparing those who have listened to his words and do them to a wise and foolish man, stating, quote, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Close quote. Professor of Philosophy David Yarn Jr. said it well when he stated, quote, Clearly the Sermon on the Mount is a discourse firmly established on the atoning mission of Christ. In it are outlined the fundamental requirements for the disciples of Jesus who should be willing to suffer revilings and persecutions for his name's sake that there might be no misunderstanding regarding his messiahship, the Lord firmly established himself as the judge of mankind, inviting all men to do his will so they might have eternal life. There is no wonder that when Jesus ended those sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority, close quote. During this time of turmoil, division, and unrest, may we all remember and live these words. Until next time. Mm-hmm.